are now listening to. Speaking of recruiting, Auburn had a visitor over the weekend. Uh, wide receiver Coy Moore, who was the first player, Mike, to transfer out of LSU since it got announced that head coach Ed Orgeron would not return next year for LSU. That guy visited Auburn over the weekend. And it was a lot of speculation that Auburn was in good shape. In fact, a uh, certain person out of a uh, certain person crystal balled him to AU on Friday. Um, that became a story on certain media outlets. And it became official yesterday. Coy Moore, LSU transfer, commits to Auburn. Let's look a little bit of who Coy Moore is. Uh, he's from Metairie, Louisiana. And interesting to note here is Louisiana natives Ike Hilliard and Trevon Reed played a very instrumental part in bringing him to AU. So something to note there from Archbishop Rummel High School. He's a former four-star recruit from the 2020 class. Uh, he stands at six feet, six feet and about 174 pounds. And his first year, COVID year, he had 22 receptions for 177 yards, played 10 games. Uh, he entered the portal shortly after playing two games last year, only had five receptions for 71 yards. And he will have three years remaining. Uh, one of the things that, to note in terms of the scouting report for this guy, Mike G, is they mentioned that this guy can actually, he's hes good at high-pointing the football, and he actually can make plays uh, in traffic. Um, he kind of projects as he can play on the outside, but he looks like a bit of a slot receiver. Uh, it seems like, and I, and I, I keep reiterating this, but we're going to look at the overall list of scholarship receivers in a minute. But Auburn, for the majority of their scholarship receivers, they're either six foot one or, or shorter. Um, there's a certain type of frame, a certain type of build that they're looking for. And it seems like this guy just fits in a, in a nice little growing list of guys who fit that mold. It seems like they have a type guy here, a shifty guy who can who can get in space, find areas in the zone and make plays. What are your thoughts on this kid? Treat your boys. Chill Boys underwear is designed for maximum comfort with enough space to keep you cool, calm and comfortable. Chill Boys underwear will help you keep the boys close. Uh, not too close. When the game is on the line, you won't break a sweat with Chill Boys underwear. Whether it's left boy, right boy, or both boys, Chill Boys provides your boys comfort like you've never felt. Visit chillboys.com and use code RAPPORT, that's R-A-P-P-O-R-T, and get 15% off of your order. Maximize your chill with Chill Boys. Uh, 22 catches for 177 yards his freshman year. And the story was uh, that he got passed up. He got beat out his sophomore year by some upcoming freshman uh, receivers. Now, LSU has been recruiting really well on the offensive side of the ball over the last few years. I think if Orgeron did anything well, uh, he recruited well. Uh, so uh, they started a pipeline at wide receiver and had some dynamic guys there. So he just kind of maybe got buried down the depth chart a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. But they believe that he can be an impact player. And I think that they believe he'll be a good fit with um, any one of our quarterbacks. You know, yeah. uh, TJ, Calzada, Robbie, uh, you know, the part of the evaluation process is, you know, 
figuring out how guys fit with guys that you currently have. And um, I think he brings a little bit of playmaking ability to this wide receiver room. I still, I'm not as down on our wide receivers as most people are. I think with better quarterback play this year, suddenly you're going to see the wide receiver room look much better. But for everybody who was complaining that we weren't landing receivers in the portal, this is the second one now that they've gotten out of the portal. Uh, I think this puts us at 81 scholarships. So we have four more that they can use before they reach the scholarship limit. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's after the summer arrivals, the kids that arrived for the summer got here. So it's exciting uh, that he's we're going to have another guy in there to compete. The reduction in stats in year two was just about him getting beat out. Now, he did have an off-the-field incident where mm-hmm. he didn't get in trouble, but it involved police and police report, and they looked into some of his allegations, and I guess the the uh, consensus was it maybe wasn't as as he said it was. But, I so I don't know. that Quietly, that may have something to do with why he had reduced load a year two. Uh, you never know. If they handled that in-house, that could be they maybe gave the excuse yeah. that he got beat out, but like, uh, you yeah. know, so he's going to have to be on his P's and Q's here. I'm telling you, because this coach is not putting yeah, up with any yeah, behavior. This, this is a little different. Mm-hmm. It is, this is not what he knows that it knew at LSU. Yeah, for sure. This coach will give you the left foot of fellowship right out the door. <laughs> uh, so I think, uh, it, I think it's going to be, it's going to be uh, cool to see him compete. And, uh, we have some guys in here. We have some newcomers that nobody's seen as well. We're, we're going we're gonna to talk about them. We're going to, we're going to definitely, we're going to definitely talk about this receiver. Yeah. Room Cause it's, it's, it's gotten a little interesting. Yeah. Now. So we'll see. Yeah. Uh, and Lawrence Robinson wants to ask, is he a speed guy? It, it, he, I think he's kind of in the mold of that since he projects as a slot guy. So I think he, he has good straight line speed. Um, I'm not sure if he may be one of our fastest guys yeah, in the wide receiver room. He's a I don't, I don't, mid 4-5 guy, maybe a 4-6 yeah. guy, so not blazing fast. No, right, yeah. right. So, but but I think one of the things they've credited him is is his skill set in terms of, of finding holes in his own, high-pointing the ball, catching. He can catch balls in traffic the whole nine. So that, that's kind of the thing that they praised him about. But in terms of him being a speed guy, I, I think it's safe to say, my G, we have – we have quite a bit, a few of those already. So, um, yeah, we've got speed. Yeah, we've got speed. Yeah, isn't it? it I think I think we're okay. Yeah, you don't have to I worry about okay, speed but on this team. We've got. So, Robbie said we've got thirty guys that run four or five. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> we're good. We're good on speed, guys. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about the speed. Let's, Mike. Let's let's talk about our wide receiver. All room. right, and, and let's let's talk about because it, before we get there, you know, there was a lot of changes in the offseason as a result of the wide receiver room. You know, our leading receiver, Kobe Hudson, you know, some 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 trouble with there. He ended up not being, it was announced that he was no longer with the team, transfers out. Uh, Javaris Johnson entered the transfer portal, and it just looked bad at one point. Well, since then, he returns, and Auburn brings in a new group of kids out of high school, and then we get two receivers out of the transfer portal, and all of a sudden, this is what our room looks mm. like. Uh, you you got Tavares jo- Dawson, Jay Fair. You have Javaris Johnson, who does come back. Shedrick Jackson, your boy Malcolm Johnson Jr. 
I, I added Landon King in here as a as a tight end wide receiver hybrid. Uh, I'm curious to see how he gets used with this group in the upcoming year. Uh, Zevian Capers, who had a great spring game, an A-Day game, um, that's something I've been looking forward to seeing him do. Um, you have J.J. Evans, and then you have some new faces who are who are coming this summer in Camden Brown, Amari Kelly, DeZalem Worsham, and Coy Moore, who we just finished talking about. Mike G, when you look at this room, it looks like we're going to be all right at the wide receiver uh, position. What your thoughts here? Uh, listen, Tavares Dawson uh, is got speed to burn, as does Jay Fair. Um, I'm not really counting on Javarius Johnson being a contributor this year. That's just my feeling, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't play a ton. Uh, Shedrick Jackson and Malcolm Johnson are probably your wide receivers one and two. Um, and both those guys have speed to burn as well, too. But uh, Malcolm's shorter than I thought. I thought he was taller than yeah. that. 5'10", hmm, interesting. Uh, you know, you've got Landon King, who's moved out there. They expect him to be a playmaker. Uh, we saw him display some of that playmaking ability during A-Day, going up and getting a touchdown from Holden. Xavier Capers returns. He's one of the taller guys you know, in this wide receiver room. We saw him making catches over the middle during A-Day. And then J.J. Evans also returns. But... Watch out for Amari Kelly and Camden Brown as well, too. These guys have a chance. Camden, 6'3", 202. He's a bigger receiver. Has a chance to, to make a splash. Zale and Worsham bring some uh, experience into that room. And now you've got Coy Moore, who also has real game experience. Malcolm Johnson is 6'1", so that was a typo. Okay, I was going to say. I was like, I was 5'10". He's 6'1". All right. Um, and these guys have... Um, Guys, this this is a good receiver room. This is a damn good receiver room. Okay. And they have a chance in year two to prove a lot of haters wrong. Now, if you are worried about drops, a lot of them left with Kobe Hudson, who led the team in drops. Yeah. So if you were complaining about Kobe leaving... If you're one of those people like, oh, he lost Kobe Hudson. Well, he dropped the ball more than anybody on the team last year. So you should not be that upset. And that is production that we certainly can replace, especially if one of these young guys breaks out. I get everybody's apprehension about what they haven't seen, but I'm telling you that there is a ton of talent. Now, that brings me, you know, we can't. it's hard to have a conversation about wide receivers without talking about quarterbacks even a little bit. Because the throw comes before the pass. I'm going to say it again. Catch. I'm sorry. Yeah, the throw comes before the pass. Ah. The, the throw <laughs> comes before the catch. The throw. The ball is thrown, the pass is made, and then the catch is made. And if you throw a crappy pass, you lower the chances that there's going to be a catch. Last year, we threw a lot of crappy passes. And then we yelled at our wide receivers for all the crappy throws that got thrown to them. Now, could have some of those balls been caught? Sure. But I think, based on what we saw during A-Day, that if they throw the ball with the same consistency, you're going to see a lot of these catches look a little bit more routine, and then suddenly people are going to be like, oh, our wide receiver room is so much better. Well, maybe they were never that bad. And... You know, uh, we have to spread the blame there for the passing game evenly between the quarterback and the receiver receiver room. 
there were plays our receivers could have made. But you know what? I, I feel like part of being a playmaker is, you know, it's just so hard, man. Like, think about all the dynamic. Well, I won't say dynamic. Think about all the below average passers that had out catch anything that's thrown to them receivers over the last 20 years. Right? Like, just all world guys. My favorite is probably uh, Ken Dorsey. The most mm. average quarterback of all time. He won almost every single game he played in college. And one of the, the one of his two losses was the second national title game against Ohio State. Double overtime, or however many overtimes they went to. His receivers were like Kellen Winslow and Santana Moss. And these ridiculous mm. guys that would just catch everything that was thrown to him. I want to say he did he either didn't get drafted or... I don't know if he got drafted. Or went in one of the really super late rounds. And that's just very rare. And I, I feel like our fans want that. But that's that's more rare than the other way around. And then every once in a while, you can't catch lightning in a bottle with dyna- a dynamic passer and dynamic receivers. Because what's the kid's name from Bama that won the Heisman? Devontae Smith. Smith. Right? Does not win the Heisman if Mac Jones isn't an elite passer. He just doesn't. He still has a pretty good year, but does he win the Heisman? No, because all all the run after the catch isn't happening with inconsistent throws. Joe Burrow, I mean, think about how good Jamar Chase was. Amazing receiver. But Joe Burrow very rarely made him have to go out there and make circus catches. He was already good. And he got to go out there and catch pinpoint passes from his QB week after week. So, you know, and then we saw at the next level that that was real (laughs) for both of them. Both of them, it was real for. And if you're not going to have it on both ends, right, you need your quarterback to help your receiver some, and you need your receivers to help your quarterback some. Now, I'm saying we have to have Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase type production. I'm just saying... The the uh um we have an interview coming that I almost spilled the beans like a clumsy chef. We have to have the quarterback raise the floor so that the receivers can raise their ceiling. I say it again. Right. We have to have our quarterback raise his floor so that our receivers can raise their ceiling. Because there's only so much you can do when you're having to do acrobatics to make every catch. Or you go through a whole practice where your quarterback throws the ball perfectly and then you go into a game expecting the same throw and it's not not executed the same way. Those micro adjustments on a route, man, when you are running full speed, the body control that it takes to stop when a ball is not where you expect it to be, it's hard. It takes elite athleticism to make those adjustments and make catches. And not every guy can do it. And so assuming that we don't have a bunch of those guys, I don't think that it's unreasonable to ask our quarterback to make it a little bit easier on uh, these new guys and the guys that don't have a lot of playing experience. Because in this coming year, we're going to be presumably starting a guy who has been in college for three years. I think I think it's, I mean, TJ Finley or Zach Calzada, we're going to march out there. If you send Calzada out there, you're talking about a guy who has a lot of experience last year. <laughs> a lot of really good experience. You send Tizay out there, it's his third year. This is this yeah. is the no excuse zone. 
It'll be Calzada's third year in college. But this is really the no-excuse zone. Get it done so our wide receiver rooms can can look better than what they've looked. I think they have taken, similar to O-line, they've taken an undue amount of heat for their play. Uh, the drops were bad. Like, listen, man, drops are bad. I'm not excusing drops. Right? Drops are bad, no matter how you slice it. But And, you know, just the demeanor of Ike Hilliard, I don't think he's going to have a lot of patience for that no. this year. Just a guess. It's just a hunch. No. Just a hunch. I could be wrong, but that's just the feeling I get. Yeah, I don't uh, I don't know. So, like I said, man, um, our, our quarterback has to raise his floor so our receivers can raise their ceiling. Coy Moore will, you know, he's going to, don't cap him, man. Let's see what this kid can do. Throw him some catchable balls um, and, and go out there and, and have practice on game day. Have, have yeah. practice on game day. Do what you do, did in practice on game day. Now, I think that was the problem a lot over the last couple of years is we do one thing in practice, and then we get in the game and do something completely different. And then wonder why it looks inconsistent. Now, I think Brian Harson is bringing consistency back because he's bringing consistency back to the small things, to the routines. Show up on time. Small things that translate that the average fan can't quantify. I think it'll look better. I really think it'll look better. Coymore will be a part of that. If they're bringing him in, all these kids that they're bringing in, I'm telling you, if you were one of the pre-existing guys on this roster, every guy they bring in, you should be worried. Because they're bringing somebody in to take your spot. If you're Malcolm Johnson or Shedrick, and they bring this guy in, even though I think they're the presumed, they're presumed starters at this point, and they have been working hard by all for all intents and purposes, this should make you push your game to another level past that. Yeah, because they're bringing that guy in in case you slip. There's an option. There's somebody to go to. But what we saw in year one with them just seemingly sticking with guys no matter what, that's not going to happen in year two, man. I'm telling you. Many guys will be shown the bench. Because Harson can't afford to have another. He can't afford to do worse than he did last year. So it's going to be Georgia State every week. He's going to pull out all the stops every week to win games. I doubt we see see a quarterback have a game like they did against Texas A&M and finish the game. Yeah. I doubt we see that. And I doubt we see receivers yeah. go out there and drop balls consistently over the first two, uh, few games because that's where a majority of our drops were in the first four games. And keep their spot. Not going to happen. Competition is back, baby. Get it done. Young athletes need the tools for success on the field and on the court. And now more than ever, in the arena of business. In the new era of name, image, and likeness, Athletic Architects is here for young athletes and parents to help prepare for your financial futures. Let Athletic Architects start helping you build your house. Visit buildthehouse.com and let's build together. Ike, welcome, sir. How are you? Good, good. Been running all over the place, but good. <laughs> good, to, good to hear. Good, good to have you. Your thoughts on this latest pickup, man? And and me and Mike talked. I don't know if you heard it, but again, we keep talking about how it seems like I kill your Harson. These guys have a type of receiver uh, 
that they're looking for. And he seems like he's in another long list of guys that they've brought to Auburn who fits that mold. Your initial thoughts about him, um, some of the scouting reports coming out of high school was that this kid does a good job of finding open spots in zones. Um, he can catch in traffic, high points the ball, so on and so forth. I don't know if you had a chance to check him out any or do any research on him, but your initial thoughts about our latest latest pickup. Yeah, I mean, I looked at a little bit of his tape. Um, I, I, I haven't done any exhaustive uh, analysis on anything, but one of the things that definitely stands out when you watch him is his ability to catch in traffic. And I think that's one of the things that um, when you look at the composition of the wide receiver room right now, you just don't have a lot of traffic catch guys, right? We've got a lot of speed, shiftiness, uh, guys who can you know take it to the house. But when you look at guys who can catch in traffic, um, consistently, you know, I, I think Shedrick Jackson can be that guy for this team. Yeah. Um, Landon King has proven that he can make the in-traffic catches. He's yeah. a bigger guy. Of course, he's a tight end, right? Um, but he just has the ability to do that sort of thing. J.J. Evans is a guy who I've been wanting to see get some in-game stuff. You know, he's been hampered by injuries, but he's definitely a catching a catch-in-traffic guy. And then Xavion Capers is the other guy who you would expect as a bigger receiver to be able to do that. Camden Brown, the freshman, um, is another guy who you hope to be able to see. The guy looks huge when you just look at him. uh, Yes, absolutely. Um, So I think they were just looking for someone who has – one of the things that the transfer portal allows you to be able to do, um, as Mike G was saying earlier, is get guys who've already had experience playing. And so you don't have to – teach them how to get up to game speed. They already kind of know what to do and the moment won't feel as big for them uh, while you're grooming the people who have not had as much experience to be able to do that sort of thing. But then the other thing that you get with the transfer portal is you immediately get competition, right? You're immediately bringing someone in who the guys who are in that room automatically know if I'm going to play, I don't have a ton of room to slip. So because someone's right on my heels who can step in and start playing immediately because they have that experience to be able to do that. So hopefully it does motivate some of the other guys that are currently in that wide receiver room to elevate their play um, so that they know every rep that I take in practice, it needs to be focused and I need to get out there and get it done. What I'm doing off of the field as far as going out and throwing and catching with uh, some of the the quarterbacks or in the film room or uh, you know, right now they're doing summer workouts, I need to be it needs to be competitive in those summer workouts. We're not, you know, we're not jogging through the sprints. We're not, you know, skipping whatever thing it is. My reps are going to count every single time, and somebody's got to feel my presence on on this field every single time I step on it. So hopefully, we are getting to that place where people are being motivated to compete, and they're not shying away just because. Oh man, they brought in another wide receiver. What does that mean for me? It means I need to go out here and show out. That's what it should mean. Um, so hopefully they are taking that mentality into this whole situation. But Coy Moore, um, definitely a traffic catch guy, a guy who they expect to be a possession type receiver and has the ability if he gets into the open field to do some things. Um, so looking forward to seeing what he, he brings to that wide receiver room. How do you feel about this receiver room? I'm, I'll show the list again. It seems like we got every type of receiver you would need. They just right. need the ball. Mm-hmm. Thoughts on that? Koi Moore, I think, was brought in to round out some things, right? Like, he's not the biggest guy in the world, but again, contested catches is 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 enough, right? You don't have to be the biggest receiver in the world to be able to make a contested catch. Um, it's really more about body positioning, route running, um, and then just being able to have strong hands and arms through the catch point. 
Um, so, yeah, you've got shifty receivers. You've got tall receivers that you can throw jump balls to. You've got the position receivers that you can run the intermediate routes to. You've literally got everything that you need here in this receiver room to make a well-rounded group that's got depth, right? Like, that's the other part of it. It's like, if somebody gets injured, if someone's not playing up to snuff, if something's happening with someone, you've got depth to be able to be able uh, to be able to, you know, move them out of the way and have someone else step right in and you don't lose a type of receiver that you need. Um, so we've got we've got everything that we need at this point. It's just about people getting up to speed on what the actual um the plays are and making sure that they know mm. where they need to be specifically for whatever the call is and then go out there on the uh, on Saturdays and producing um with all that talent. I'm interested to see what competition ha- what comes of this in the summer as well as fall and I'm curious to see uh, how they use Koi. Um I'm happy we got depth and I think that mm. was a concern coming out of last season is we lost depth, and then we lost our our highest producing receiver. Um, granted, he did drop some um, definitely key passes throughout the season. He led the team in reception, so there was a little bit of nervousness about what the production from this group will look like. I think they've answered those questions in this offseason. So it gives me excitement, along with new receivers, Coach Ike Hilliard, to see what these boys are going to do in the spring uh, in the fall yeah. Uh, and summer. So let me say one more thing. I know we're about to transition. I just think, and Mike G alluded to this earlier. I just am curious now as to what is going to be the commentary around why Coach Harson is a bad coach now. Because it was first, it was we're not getting anybody in the transfer portal, and then we got a bunch of defensive guys, and it was like, well, where where are all the offensive talents? And now we're getting offensive guys, which you know, again, they disregard the fact that we brought in two quarterbacks and all that in the offseason, right? But still, now we get more offensive guys. I'm just wondering what the next thing is. And again, I understand he's got to produce on Saturdays in the fall, right? But just wondering what the next thing is of like, oh, well, but... But, uh... His last name starts with an H, and I don't like H last names. Like, it's just... At some point in time, you, you start running out of reasons why you don't want to be objective and you start revealing yourself as someone who just was never in his corner to begin with. But you put war Eagle at the end of it. Like that makes it different. But, right. All right. I don't think coach Harson was the guy because of all the unsubstantiated, unfounded things I thought before he got hired. Right. That's what it was. And then I let my confirmation bias look at all the bad things that happened last season and say, see, this is why I thought he wasn't the guy. Only right. only the bad things, though. Now, I'll right. tell you, this, this statement burns me up when I hear it. It does. The idea that this is the least talented team that we've ever had makes me angry. That statement makes... People are still dying on that hill. Yeah, yeah and it makes me angry. I think it's disrespectful to the hard work that a lot of these guys are putting in this offseason. And I think that we we changed systems, so it looks worse. I didn't hear any of that Gus's last year. I just didn't. I didn't hear this is the least talented team. These are the least talented teams. And these are mostly Gus's guys. Right. So what is your problem really? To Ike's point, your problem is you don't like Brian Harson. 
Because what production did we lose that was so irreplaceable? Guys, we don't need a quarterback to be backyard boat. His, we didn't even we didn't actually need Bo to be backyard boat. We needed Bo to be consistently right. average. <laughs> we need we needed him to right. be Arkansas boat. Like we needed if Bo right. Nix from the Arkansas game last year was Bo Nix every game he started nine games. We wouldn't have lo- we we wouldn't have lost any games with him right. at quarterback. None, absolutely none, because he didn't do all of the LSU stuff in that game. Right, right. And, and, if, and take if, away if three he had been throws, that guy, that's an awful game. Take yeah. away. If he had been that guy consistently over the years, Bo Nix would probably be in the NFL this year, even right. with that. Injury. Now, if you're wondering why, the reason I brought up Bo was because the, I, I feel like the idea that we're the most talentless team we ever had is because of his departure and Kobe's departure. Right. Two guys. Mainly Bo. Yeah. So. Two, two, and I'm like, if, if, if losing one guy makes us the most talented, talentless team ever, we weren't very talented to begin with. So this didn't start with Harson. But the narrative started with Harson. So your issue is not our talent, or you would have said that Gus's last year. Your issue is Harson. Turn in your fan card. Now, we're a fan channel. We're technically media, so we're supposed to be objective. But, I mean, we're not sitting here pretending to be unbiased. And then hiding behind, I hope I'm wrong. Give Give me a break. <laughs> Give me a break, man. Like we have we have got to get some censor buttons on this daggone show. Okay, I'm sorry. Somebody has got to be like a, like, a, like an app that like just I'm covers so, his mouth I'm and so, I'm sorry guys. I just get really upset about this because the more that we talk to the players, and you remember when we started this thing, we had a no current player rule. Like we we're like, hey, we're gonna stay away from current players because they can't really say anything interesting anyway, and, and we're not looking for hot takes. So you know, I don't, I don't want to ask some kid to come on our show and say some crap that gets them in trouble with their coach. Um, but nil kind of changed the game. Now we're not paying for interviews, but it means that kids are speaking up more. So if they're gonna be talking to anybody, they might as well be talking to us. And. Once you get into their minds and their hearts during these interviews and you see where they're at, even if I thought, man, we don't have any talent, I just not something I would say out loud. Not as a fan. And not before they played a game. So that so the, the, <laughs> he, here's the thing, because again, we, we are still the no sunshine pump zone, right? right? If they go out there and they play like crap, crap, I don't care if we've done four interviews with them. I'm gonna come on here. On a Saturday after the game or the Sunday after the game, and I'm going to say, I'm rating the play of this receiver group, blah, right? Because it happened, right? And I can't take away from what What actually happened. 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 But if you want me to project negativity, I can't do that, especially not based off of a... It wasn't like some disastrous A-Day. Like, A-Day wasn't a disaster. It wasn't like, what the heck was I just watching on A-Day, right? Like, Shank, just get ready to hate me for this. It's not like I watched Grant Lloyd go out there and play on A-Day, right? right? It was awful. I'm sorry. I don't don't know what you want me to say about Grant Lloyd's A-Day performance. It was awful. It was bad. So if I had seen a repeat of that from Robbie or TJ or um, from Holden, I'd have been like, yo, I don't know, bro. Like, if if we have to go too deep on this quarterback situation, I'm not confident in that. 
It was and objectively it, better than last A-Day. I don't know how you watched this A-Day and, and, and watched right, last A-Day. Right. And, and this is the year you're saying we'll have any talent. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> last A-Day, I was... <laughs> Brian was making fun of me because I was like, what are we doing? What is this? This is supposed to be different. <laughs> like, I, I was so mad last heyday because I was like, what are we doing? This this uh, year, I mean, we have a chance. Guys, I'm really excited about the potential that we have at quarterback, at wide receiver, at tight end. This is probably one of the best tight end rooms we ever had. We still tap two very, very good running backs. And yeah. – Players three, are three, yeah. uh, and then the third one coming we, in who's, who's I mean, pretty I, good. Bro and, and players are allowed to get better. That running in the back room is nasty. Nasty. Right? It's nasty. I'm sorry. Like that running back room is the yeah. the fifth guy in that room. Yeah. The fifth guy in that room. And I don't even know who's gonna yeah. be number five on like let's just say that the freshman is the fifth guy. Looks yeah. like a freaking beast out there. Right. Bro, I'm, just, I'm sorry, man. I just, I don't know. I don't stop, know, Yeah, man. stop stop saying that we don't have talent or stop calling yourself a fan. Stop, stop rooting for Auburn, but then well, pointing out only the negative stuff. It, it's, it's lazy thinking, Mike, because you're associating results with talent. If we Correct. had talent, we'd have a better record. So if we right. don't have a good record, we don't have talent. Disregarding the whole transition of what's happening, the culture shift and everything that go, we had talented guys who couldn't get on the field because they just didn't want to work. Oh, man, guys, there are so many things that go on behind the scenes, (laughs) right? It's so much more than what people think, right? I'm telling you, it's so much more. I mean, a guy doesn't see the field, and there are 15 reasons he could not be out there. Yeah. And, And as somebody who held... Coach Harson's feet to the fire about why we weren't seeing certain talent in those post-game pressers. I, de- I certainly asked those questions. Coach, why aren't we seeing Elijah Canyon? He was probably the most talented receiver we had on the roster. But I'm telling you beyond a shadow of a doubt now, I know there's no way we could have put him out there and kept this team in check. It would have sent the wrong yeah. message. And we know that now. In the moment, it was like, oh, man, like, why aren't we putting our best guys out there? Now I know being the best guy is more than just about results on the football field. It's about the off the field stuff, too. It's about the discipline stuff. It's about the leadership stuff. It's about setting a good example. Right. On the field, in the classroom, in the weight room, you know what I mean? Right. In the practice bubble, when you, when nobody's looking, are you doing the right things? Are you taking care of your body? Are you going out too much? Are you in sleeping, studying, doing all the things that it takes to be a top-tier athlete other than catching, kicking, blocking, passing? And right? you would think that fans would celebrate that we have a coach who takes all this into consideration. Mm-hmm. You would think that because right. those are the things that lead to success on Saturdays, everything you do Saturday through Friday. But it takes time to build. So if we're just going to be super negative until he has a chance to build it, you're going to hinder his chance to build it. Yeah. Give it some time. A one-year turnaround. I mean, if we win even, if we get back even to eight games, that's pretty quick turnaround for a complete system overhaul. The last time we did this, we won three games. 
And the powers that be were like, uh-uh, three. Woo. Right. Let's blow it up. Bring us back. <laughs> Let's go back right. to what we were doing before. This team was built to do something different. And I think it says something that he went out there and had a chance going into November to win the SEC West. With the group that he had. With the talentless bunch that you say we had. Because in terms of production, we didn't lose a bunch of guys. We lost like two. Or three. Bo, Kobe, and Shivers were the most high-profile transfers we had. Shivers was not an every-down back. Kobe dropped, dropped a bunch of balls. He was part of the wide receiver room everybody was complaining about. The guys filling his shoes you have not seen yet. But you're assuming that they're worse somehow. Sometimes the best guy isn't always on the field for a lot of reasons. And some of those best guys might hit the field this season. And everybody's going to be, they're going to say, oh, they're gonna, he's going to get a more, more praise than is deserved for the immaculate turnaround. But the truth is, it was just never that, really that long. You are, you now, are now listening, listening to, to 